in the Midsummer Night's Dream. My gentle Puck, come hither. Thou rememberest, since once I sat upon a promontory and heard a mermaid on a dolphin's back uttering such dulcet and harmonious breath that the rude sea grew civil at her song and certain stars shot madly from their spheres to hear the sea maid's music. That very time I saw, but thou couldst not, flying between the cold moon and the earth, Cupid all armed. A certain aim he took at a fair vestal thrown in by the west, and loosed his love-shaft smartly from his bow, as it should pierce a hundred thousand hearts. But I might see young Cupid's fiery shaft quenched in the chaste beams of the watery moon, and the imperial votaries passed on in maiden meditation, fancy free. Yet marked I where the bolt of Cupid fell, it fell upon a little western flower, before milk-white now purple with love's wound, and maidens call it love in idleness. Fetch me that flower, the herb I showed thee once, the juice of it on sleeping eyelids laid, will make all man or woman madly dote upon the next live creature that it sees. Fetch me this herb, and be thou here again, ere the Leviathan can swim a league. Having once this juice, I'll watch Titania when she is asleep, and drop the liquor of it in her eyes. The next thing that she waking looks upon, she shall pursue it with the soul of love. I know a bank where the wild thyme blows, where ox slips and the nodding violet grows, quite over-canopied with luscious woodbine, with sweet musk roses and with eglantine. There sleeps Titania sometime of the night, lulled in these flowers with dances and delight, and there the snake throws her enameled skin, weed wide enough to wrap a fairy in. And with the juice of this, I'll streak her eyes and make her full of hateful fantasies. While in The Tempest, his last play, he surprises us with an equally magical speech, this time from the mouth of Caliban, the most debased and earthbound character in the play. Be not afeard, the isle is full of noises, sounds and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not. Sometimes a thousand twangling instruments will hum about mine ears, and sometimes voices that if I then had waked after long sleep will make me sleep again. And then in dreaming, the clouds me thought would open and show riches ready to drop upon me. And when I waked, I cried to dream again. Mercutio, the swaggering daredevil friend, chaffs the lovesick Romeo on their way to the Capulet's ball. Oh, then I see Queen Mab hath been with you. She is the fairy's midwife and she comes in shape no bigger than an agate stone on the forefinger of an alderman, drawn with a team of little atomies athwart men's noses as they lie asleep. Her wagon spokes made of long spinner's legs, the cover of the wings of grasshoppers, the traces of the smallest spider's web, the collars of the moonshine's watery beams, her whip of cricket's bone, the lash of film, her wagoner, a small grey-coated gnat, not half so big as a round little worm pricked from the lazy finger of a maid. 
Her chariot is an empty hazelnut made by the joiner squirrel or old grub. Time out of mind the fairy's coachmakers. And in this state she gallops night by night through lovers' brains, and then they dream of love, or courtiers' knees that dream on courts is straight, or lawyers' fingers who straight dream on fees, or ladies' lips who straight on kisses dream, which oft the angry mare with blisters plagues because their breaths with sweetmeats tainted are. Sometimes she gallops o'er a courtier's nose, and then dreams he of smelling out a suit. And sometimes comes she with a tithe-pig's tail, tickling a parson's nose as her lies asleep. Then dreams he of another benefice. Sometimes she driveth on a soldier's neck, and then dreams he of cutting foreign throats, of breeches, ambuscados, Spanish blades, of healths five fathoms deep. And then anon drums in his ear, at which he starts and wakes, and being thus frighted, swears a prayer or two.